0: All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice.
1: Well, hey there, Galpal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Galpal podcast where I help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalpal at a course on SportsGalpal.com and gals and pals. It is always fun when I bring in a Gary Gass that necessary, that isn't necessarily in the world of sports but as a true fan of sports particularly when that guy has been one of my biggest supporters. So when I was first starting this whole like podcasting universe, he and I met on a game show episode kind of thing, kind of like Around the Horn, but not really, it was more like Topical, but it never aired. It's like a great loss episode of podcasting which really sticks cuz he and I were really good um but it, he's laughing because it's true but that's how we met it's very true it's very true that's how we met um it never aired but at least i got a cool pal out of it and it's matthew Passy. and he's on pod up podcast he's on the hillary barsky show he's had me on both of those shows and welcome to the show matthew hi
0: thank you ramona oh it's so good to be chatting with you again and yes i'm so glad to see that uh, my instincts about you were right from the get-go that you were going to be a superstar in podcasting and that has come to fruition
1: a superstar um
0: you are going to be a superstar mark my words <laughs>
1: i don't know i mean that's so like like just i don't think so i think i'm just like someone who just really likes to sit in her walk in closet oh which by the way so we talked about that how i podcasted my walk in closet on your show and you you know right. kind of made fun so you know the um baseball insider seth everett he was on my show and um he <laughs> he was fascinated with me on the, on the uh, it Podcasting in my walk in closet. So much so that he actually brought it up to Pod Vader on his podcast that they do together called The Week in Podcasting on Blah Talk Radio. And apparently, Pod, he blamed Pod Vader for putting me in the closet. So I would like it to be very known across Galpa Nation. Pod Vader never actually told me to go in specifically in my closet. He just told me to record the podcast in a room that was more enclosed than I was using. And the one place I could think of that was quiet that the kids wouldn't find me was the walk in closet.
0: And actually, I did, I don't know if I made fun of you. I thought it was genius. And in fact, uh, one of my engineers, um, when I was talking to him about this, you know, doing podcasting, and consulting, and working with clients, and they'd have to do it from home, he's like, "Just tell me to go in the closet. All the clothing around you—it's a perfect sound dampener. And if if you got the space in there, it's great." I I actually to this day still recommend it to folks if they have big echoey rooms that they should go into their closet if they got the space for it. It's a great idea.
1: See, so there you go. No excuses not to start podcasting. You can get great advice from Matthew. And- Unless you don't have a
0: walk in closet, then you well, might have a problem. <laughs> I've seen some crazy stuff.
1: People have jerry rigged like studios. And, you know, it, with, the, with the right mic, though, you can pretty much podcast anywhere and it sounds
0: good. Absolutely, and honestly, I I used to have this like great five six hundred dollars setup at home. Then my wife and I moved, and so I had to get it packed up. But I still had to do my podcasting, so I whipped out an ATR twenty one hundred that I had won at the MapCon conference uh, earlier this year. I started using that, and then when I moved and I unpacked everything, I'm like, why am I dealing with a five six hundred dollars setup? The sixty dollars microphone sounds great.
1: Yeah, because you paid five six hundred dollars for the awesome equipment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I still like this mic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do too. That's the one I used to. All right. Enough about podcasting. Sports. Sports. You never get to talk about sports in any of your podcasts, really. This must be exciting for you.
0: It is. We 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 sometimes dabble in it a little bit. Kathy and I on the Hillary Barsky show, but Hillary shuts us down pretty quickly usually.
1: That's true. Even when I was on there, she didn't really want to talk about sports, which I thought was hilarious.
0: Yeah, that's that's typical. That's,
1: <laughs> that's okay. Not everybody's a sports fan, but you know, fans in general are just you know, whatever you're a fan and you're you're a little bit nuts. And so, um, I would love to know how how did you get into sports?
0: Well, I, I guess I mean I've been into sports my whole life. Just because as a kid, you know, you were playing soccer, and then I moved on to baseball. Um, I was actually asked to go out for my football team when I was in middle school, but uh, I was too busy doing nerd stuff, so I didn't really have time for that. Um, and so I've always just sort of dabbled in sports a little bit, but then it really intensified after I graduated high school. I went off to college and my high school didn't have much of a sports program. We we had a football team, but yeah, they, they didn't do so well. And nobody came out to the games. We didn't have a lot of pep rallies or things like that. So when I was looking at schools for college, I specifically said to myself, one, I don't want to go to a school that's in a state that touches New Jersey, so I didn't apply to wow. anything that was that was next to New Jersey. I wanted to you know, try and get away from the area. And two, I wanted to make sure that I went somewhere that had a really good sports program. And so some of the top schools that I was looking at were Syracuse, Miami, uh, Maryland, uh, University of Arizona came up. And um, as it turns out, I applied to University of Miami. They had an excellent communications program. Uh, It was just a a great, you know, growing, developing program. Uh, Obviously, they have a a well-known sports program down there. Um, Got accepted, which I, I was a little surprised by, but I was like, okay, you know, great. I got accepted. Well, I'll go check it out. As soon as I walked on the campus, I absolutely fell in love. And it was one of the best things I ever did because I was there between 1999 and 2003, and sure enough, while we were down there, I got to go to the Rose Bowl and watch Miami beat Nebraska for the national championship. It was it was a fantastic sporting moment. But before that, I was a Rangers fan, so I got to watch them win the Stanley Cup in '94. And growing up, my dad had season tickets to the Jets. He shared them with a couple of his other uh, card playing buddies. So we would go to two or three Jets games every season for as long as I can remember, probably since uh, I was about eight years old. And the first time I saw one guy control a stadium of 75,000 people, he he would point at sections and get people to cheer, and then he would quiet them down. Then he would point at another section. They would go crazy, and then they would quiet down. And then this one man would lead an entire stadium in J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I just... I just fell in love with that, and it's because of that that I probably remain a very, very loyal Jets fan, even though they make it very difficult for me.
1: This season hasn't been—I mean, it's been like an up-and-down season, but it hasn't been as bad as it's been in past years. I mean, if it, if Fitzpatrick hadn't gotten hurt, I think you guys would have won a few more games.
0: I think that's probably true. I, I have to say, after the Rex Ryan era with the circus that was coming into town and and the poor choices that was made by Itzik, I was really excited about the the new class of leadership that we have at the Jets with Bowles and McCagnan. And to be honest, I you know I was liking the fact that things were going to start over, and I figured. Great, you know, fresh start. We've got some talent coming in. Brandon Marshall, Chris Ivory's still playing. Decker is healthy. We made a couple of nice pickups in the the draft. We got Revis back, and uh, Cromartie was around. And so I was like, this is a team that's looking good. We're not going to do spectacularly this year, but at least, you know, I feel like we have a chance. I've been really, really happy with the way they've played. And the one thing that's been phenomenal about this team more than anything else is just watching them want to win. It's watching Fitzpatrick do... All sorts of crazy things, putting his body out there, you know, fighting for every yard. It's when you see Brandon Marshall make a catch, you know, try and juke one way, juke another way, and just fight guys for every yard. Same with Kirs Ivy. I mean, there's just there's this great passion and desire to win on the team that hasn't been there for years. And I think that goes straight to the new leadership. And again, even if we don't make the playoffs, or even if we make the playoffs and get eliminated in the first round, at least I feel like this is a team that is finally finally moving in the right direction
1: oh i agree and yesterday shows that i mean that overtime win against the giants um you know i I, that had to be for you guys i know um and i'm sure all my listeners know at this point i've been adopted by next fan up and they've got the super fans and two of my favorite super fans are the jets and the giants super fans they've been great supporters of my show and great guests on my show over and over again and um I was really curious because they're fr- really good friends in real life, and I'm like, you know, they they went to Hebrew school together and all this stuff. <laughs> so you know, they're really good friends in real life, and I'm just like, how does this work with the two of them? And they they're fine, I'm assuming, but you know, I mean, Odell, other than Odell Beckham, the Giants didn't really have anybody that impressive. And you guys, I mean, between Derek, Ek, uh, between Decker and Marshall, you know, th- there was the difference in the game was that you know Fitzpatrick had two great wide receivers, well, good wide receivers. Let's let's slow my roll Um, and then you know the Giants only have one good wide receiver which you know when you only have one and then you've got the decent secondary I mean let's face it you know Revis Islands Revis Island for a reason
0: yeah and I mean here's the thing between this week and last week when we played Miami and Revis was out I mean the The defense is showing that it's more than just Darrell Reeves. they they can play pretty strong, and yeah, Odell Beckham got a couple of catches, got past them a few times, and uh, obviously you know the special team's touchdown that's a problem, but for the most part you're just you're seeing a team that wants to really really wants to win and really has all the weapons in place to do so. when I was uh, at the game two weeks ago when they played against Miami, Devin Smith finally showed up, and you've got the speedster now, which if he can burn somebody down the field and, you know, take a long pass from Fitzpatrick, that's only going to further open things up for Marshall and Decker. And with Ivory running well, and now Bilal Powell getting back into the mix after injury, he played really well, played with a lot of heart yesterday, had a couple of great catches that led to some important plays. Obviously, he had the touchdown as well. I, there's just there's just a lot of guys on that team. You know, it, it's great that the nonsense is done. The circus is done. The blabbing is done. The, You know, the, the Rex Ryan error was just... They talked a lot of game and showed nothing on the field. And Todd Bowles has really instilled this: we're going to talk on the field. Our play is going to speak for us. And I was excited when they lost those. You know, they lost four out of five games last month. Uh, last month and at the end of September, that you know he really he got angry. He really told these guys like this is not acceptable. Uh, he cut. What's his face from the team who hadn't been playing well. And he basically showed everyone's like, nobody here is safe. Nobody is bigger than this team either. You play to win, or you play somewhere else. And I have a lot of respect for his mentality and and what he's doing to drive this team. And yeah, I mean, look, Fitzpatrick three hundred ninety yards. That's great. They they still had their mistakes, but they just they never gave up. And that was that's that seems to be so important. This this team used to play. Very lackluster ball, and I just don't see that anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the stats too, and I, I think that that's the difference, you know. And it's it's interesting, you guys, and, and obviously comparing you guys to like a Cincinnati, it may seem a little strange, but go with me for the minute. Sure. When Cincinnati played Arizona um, a couple weeks ago, they fought to the bitter end. And it's kind of like I'm seeing that with you guys. I'm seeing that kind of you just don't have the amount of talent that Cincinnati has right now. And but that kind of will to say we're going to play until the last whistle. I think that's the difference. That's the difference between this team this year and the team last year. Like last year, it's like they wouldn't. I mean, they would have been like, whatever. Let's just let's just get through this and, and go. But this year it's just I just feel like you guys are fighting for every yard, every down. Like it just feels like it's a team rather than just kind of a bunch of guys.
0: And I think what you're even seeing in, you know, places where Bowles has coached before is that that sort of mentality still lives on. And what you're seeing in Buffalo is what Rex Ryan is. It's, you know, they they rely on their tricks. They rely on their, you know, their talk. They rely on showing you a big game. But in the end, they they just don't play with the same amount of heart that uh bowls is really instilling in these players to play with and look it's it's a t- it's still going to be a tough year i know i believe we're currently have the last wild card slot if i'm not mistaken but you know with so many teams still looking at the playoffs and with the patriots being who the patriots are and dominating the afc east and i, I know we'll get to that in a moment um you know they they still have to there's still a chance they don't make the playoffs but I would still be very happy with the way this year turned out. Fitzpatrick wasn't supposed to be our starter. He was not supposed to be the solution, the answer to the Jets' problems going into this year. But he stepped up in a big way, not even so much with his talent, which uh, most people say he's a mediocre quarterback. He plays with a lot of heart, and he plays like a better quarterback. But talent-wise, he's mediocre. He's been a leader. He gets these guys to focus. He talks to them on the phone constantly when they're not in the games. Uh, You know, you just see that he is bringing these guys together behind them. And even if you think Geno Smith is more talented, which very few do, he would never have had the same leadership qualities. We would be talking about, uh, you know, a three and eight team at this point or a three and nine team at this point. If, if Smith was uh, behind center for this team this season.
1: So when I came on your podcast, pod up podcast and you had me on, we talked about that because Gino Smith had just, broken just, got, t- knocked out. just yeah. got knocked out. And I remember us was talking about it and you were like, you know, you asked me what I thought and I'm like, well, I laughed and, now, if you ask me, I'm like, that's the best thing that could have happened to the jets, like you know, I'm kind of uh, like, who else needed to get their face knocked out um to have a better season because you guys took what what looked like a disaster and turned it into something so, so great
0: absolutely and i I hope what this also did is I hope this has instilled a lot of amazing character strength into bryce petty who's the quarterback we drafted fifth or sixth round this year you know somebody who they talk about has a lot of talent maybe didn't have the knowledge to play in the nfl yet but hopefully watching from fitzpatrick learning from him you know getting getting that imprint of leadership qualities hopefully that'll turn him into somebody we can use in the future so fitzpatrick really has been just an amazing an amazing grab for the jets you know i think i think a lot of people thought of it as a throwaway it was like when we picked up uh far for a hot second or um oh who oh we had a mark brunel for a couple of days and you know we we tend to pick up these old quarterbacks and expect them to lead us to a one-year championship and they never do but fitzpatrick he's he is surprising all of us and it's look it's easy to be fitzpatrick right now when you have weapons like decker and marshall playing the, the way that they're playing
1: yeah, absolutely. And Brandon Marshall has been fantastic uh, for me in the uh, blotech Radio Fantasy Football League.
0: Oh, uh, I have him too. Yeah. Oh, he's a phenomenal. I yeah. can believe Jets' two receivers were top 10 Fantasy prospects for this week, uh, I believe, according to the NFL Network's uh, rankings.
1: Yeah, no, they, they both look really, really good. And then, um, even Chris Harvey for a while was looking really good. Um, you know, he's he's been a little banged up this year, but yes, yeah. yes. And I was laughed at um, by Podfader uh, for picking him, <laughs> uh, for picking Brandon Marshall. Of course, he picked Eric Decker because it was towards the end of the draft. We were all super tired. He had like ten of us live on air, um, <laughs> trying to draft. It was it was an interesting experience and um he laughed at me cuz why would you pick a jet and i'm like whatever and it turned out to be like one, <laughs> one of the best picks ever and um he picked eric decker he's like well it's my wife's boyfriend i'm like you'd be my boyfriend too he's ever so dreamy but yeah. i'm looking at your guys' schedule um you know you face what next week the titans that hopefully is a good game of victory the cowboys come on
0: well let's let's see what they do uh, how they do monday night i mean it's oh
1: well, i need them to win I would love for them to win. I can't believe I'm saying that. Do you know how dirty I feel?
0: I'm yeah. That must feel filthy to say that. It's (laughs) disgusting. Like I'm just
1: like ugh. But I need them to win so badly. Then you got your last two tough ones. You know, versus the Patriots, but you know, and then, um, but you guys almost beat the Patriots. I mean, you really
0: did we always play hard against New England. That's always a close game. If New England's woes continue the way they have been, you know, if Gronkowski can't get back in the lineup by the time we hit that December break, I think they have a shot to win that game. I, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I think they'll have a shot. If everyone stays healthy, Chris Ivor can keep grounding and pounding the ball. The defense can get back in check. Um, you know, Revis can get healthy and get back on the field. I think there's a solid shot, and and back to Ivory, who you know we talked about—he's a little banged up, not having that great of a season. You know, midway through, he's actually he's on pace to have a better season for himself than he's had ever in the NFL. I think uh, like twenty or thirty more yards, and he'll have topped his NFL record for rushing in a single season.
1: Well, there you go. Um, Looking at the Patriots' uh, schedule, they face the Texans next week. They face the Titans. Those should be two very easy matchups for you guys. And then they end with Miami. Um, They end with two road games. I don't
0: I don't know if the Titans are that easy anymore. I think Mariota's is uh, actually starting to come around a little bit. I mean, Tennessee has played strong the last couple of weeks, and uh, my my wife is a little excited to go see that game next week just because how you know Mariota sort of becoming the superstar. It'll be it'll be kind of fun to watch him in person. Hopefully, we can embarrass him, but. Uh, I, I don't think that's an automatic win the way it was six or seven weeks ago.
1: Yeah, the only person he really has that I really think of any quality is Delaney Walker. Um, you know, his tight end. He seems to find him. But yesterday, what did he like run like eighty something yards by himself? Like he was this team's number one rusher. That's never good when the quarterback's the number one rusher. I think you guys should be fine.
0: I I would hope so, but I, I just I just won't say it's a gimme the way I would have a few weeks ago. That that's you know I'm just uh, as a Jets fan, I still have to be very cautious. It's, you know, when everybody thinks we're going to lose, we win. And when everyone, like, we went 4-0 and to start the season, and everyone's talking about the Jets being the best team in the league, and then the trouble started. So I'm always very cautious when people get high and mighty on the Jets.
1: Yeah, because didn't Philadelphia beat you?
0: Yeah, I was at that game. That was a, that was a rough, rough w- loss. Isn't
1: your wife an Eagles fan, though? Your wife's a really smart woman.
0: Yeah, so my wife grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is just outside Philly, for those folks not familiar with the area. So she's really a Phillies and an Eagles fan. Uh, I am a Jets, Yankees fan. I like the Rangers. She doesn't really care about hockey. Um, so it's it's a good thing, though. I'm not a Giants-Mets fan because then we never would have had a chance. But when I told my wife I was going to get season tickets to the Jets uh, when they opened up the new MetLife Stadium up here in New Jersey... Uh, she said, well, we were dating at the time, but she's like, that's fine, but you got to get me a Jets jersey. So <laughs> she has, she has very happily adopted the Jets team. You know, they're not, they're not major rivals of the Eagle. Most, most non AFC East teams don't care about the Jets. Most, most people just pity us Jets fans. Um, and she, and we're both huge Sanchez fans. So we like, you know, even though Mark didn't play amazingly and I blame a lot of that on Rex. He played with a lot of heart. He always cares. He he continues to care. Like when he you know took over for the Eagles, I wanted him to succeed just because I think he plays with just a lot of passion. You know, he's he's not one of these guys who's after the paycheck. He genuinely looks like a guy who wants to win or wants to watch his teammates win. And and what more can you ask for out of an NFL player?
1: Um, I ask for better plays, to be honest with you. I have no, <laughs> no, I'm just, maybe I'm just a horrible, awful person. That's great that he's kumbaya, but you know what? I mean, I, I can do that. I, I have the skill set to go, yay, you guys are awesome. Woo. That's my job as the fan. In fact, that's the entire job of the stadium. And links, uh, you know, the Eagles fans, we are passionate. We have no problem telling you what we think that's one of our hallmarks and um,
0: that's very true
1: you know like yesterday I had no problem telling them good job thank you for dear God for not ruining what could have been I gotta tell you had we lost that game, I would have been like, that's it, I'm done with football. Because, you know, you have probably have seen me on Twitter and on Facebook, because, again, we're friends and we're life. And you've seen me bemoaning UVA. <laughs> you've seen yeah. me bemoaning the Eagles. It's been very rough football season. But this weekend, this weekend, oh, my God, it was like a gift for heaven. So, all right, so you guys know Matthew went to the University of Miami. University of Miami is a rival of the University of Virginia. We were in the Coastal Division. Both of us dealt with, you know, really bad coaching this year. Um, and it's funny because when – um, your coach, Al Golden, when he was still there, <laughs> Virginia always managed to beat you guys. No matter what, Virginia always figured out a way to beat Miami, which is ludicrous. If you think about Miami's vaulted history and that measly Virginia, who's really not good, always figured out a way to win, except for when you fired your coach and all of a sudden you guys like, Hey, we can win again. Yay. It's like, no. And then, so it's funny off air. Um, Matthew and I were talking about, you know, we were both doing coaching hire. I really wanted originally um University of Georgia's former coach Mark Rick to be on on to be at u v a He was originally supposed to come and before Al Grohl came for us and he got hired by Uga and then he announced he was going to the University of Miami, his alma mater, and I was like, Son of a bitch, no why I was, like was again.
0: Yeah, I think I think we traded tweets that day. Yes, we I, like, did. It was, it was before the announcement. I said something and you responded like, no, you keep your hands off If He's coming here. And I was like, all right, all right. That's fine. I won't Davis anyway. And then like an hour later or something, news was, was like, oh, an Ramo- hour later. Ramona's going to be so mad at me.
1: And he was like, you still want me on the podcast? I'm like, I didn't even respond. I didn't even respond. <laughs> it,
0: it, it took like three days. That's right.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear I'm like I hate everyone. Here's the funny story. So here's a funny story for you. I, I, I don't know if you realize this, but so my real life, if I'm, you know, communications manager for a real estate company and our CEO actually played for the University of Miami. He played football for you guys um, back oh. in the 60s. Yes. Art Zachary. Is his name, and he's very, very nice. So when I was originally applying for the job, so I'm there with my now boss and the vice president of business development, and then, of course, him, who's the CEO and one of the owners of the company, and we're sitting in his office, and I see all this University of Miami stuff, and he's looking at my resume, and he goes, oh, I see you went to the University of Virginia. Now, for those who don't know, I'm going to tell you, because I'll tell you over again, University of Virginia is actually a very good um, university, very hard to get into, supposedly, Um you know, high academic standards. So typically, when you interview someone from the University of Virginia, it's usually seen as a good thing. No, no, not with Art Zachary. <laughs> Art Zachary looks at the resume. And he looks at it and he goes, I see you went to the University of Virginia. And I'm like, yes, I did. And I'm all excited. He throws down the resume and he goes, do you realize where I went to school? And I'm like, oh, God, he actually went to the University of Miami. Because <laughs> it's very rare I meet someone that actually went to the school and graduated. Normally it's some bandwagoner that bought a shirt from like Walmart. So I – um I'm like, oh God, he goes, you know, and I played for football there, blah blah, and you know the last time I was there and I was like, oh God, he's going to say the two thousand and nine season when we kicked their ass, and Chris Long opened up a can of whoop ass all over them, and sure enough, because was the it was the when we were clo- when you guys were closing the orange bowl, and I believe it was two thousand and nine but it was the last game of the Orange Bowl and you guys scheduled Virginia supposed to be a cupcake and I mean we rolled all over you guys I mean all over like the Rock was there Warren Sapp was there you know Michael Overton. like all these guys were there on the sideline and Virginia just literally I mean talking like crazy amount of points it was like 48 to like nothing or something it was ridiculous and he goes and he's like and ever since then you guys have beaten us every year because we had i mean you agree we've beaten we had beaten you guys every year for for some cockamamie reason because virginia really didn't play good football and so he throws down the resume and he goes and he looks at me directly and i kid you not, i think this is why i got the job he goes why why do you guys keep beating us i really want to know why do you keep beating us without missing a beat matthew i go to be honest with you, sir, none of us understand it either, but wahoo wah. <laughs> 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 and that, He laughed so loudly. I found that later the other guy they were interviewing for could hear him. And he was like, Oh no, I didn't get the job. They're laughing too much at her. Uh, yeah. And I felt really bad afterwards because we actually hired him to do some consulting stuff and some like, you know, independent contractor stuff. And he told me, he goes, yeah, I knew the minute I heard that I wasn't going to get it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> But that's my funny story. But that's why sports are important because you never know when you need to come up with a line like that. And had I not known, I would have been like, I don't know. I just went there. That's not cool. So, gals particularly brush up on some history of this stuff because you just never know when you need it but you're now the second person I've ever met that has legitimately graduated from the University of Miami that actually enrolled in classes and went to actual classes there and isn't just part of like the bandwagoners from like again what was it the 80s when Jimmy Johnson was there and then like those that late 2000s uh, the early 2000s, late 1990s, when you guys were like really good with that Butch Davis era. like, like It's very rare to meet somebody who actually went to school there. Well done.
0: Yeah, no, I was, I was extremely lucky in choosing to go to the Miami at the time that I did. I mean, I was in classes with people like Ken Dorsey and Frank Gore and uh, Jimmy Graham was partying. Uh, not Jimmy Graham. Woof. <laughs> he was uh, Jeremy Shockey uh was partying with all of our friends while we were at the while we were at school and things like that. It was it was a phenomenal time to go there. Um and weirdly enough, like I didn't I picked school, I was packing up and I found I had this University of Miami hat. Somebody must have gave it to me when it was like nine or ten. It was probably right around the time like you were saying when Miami was like really popular in the eighties and all of a sudden they became a, a national sensation and things like that. And it was just weird that I had this hat sitting around for you know, close to nine years, and I never wore it. And then there I am going to the University of Miami. And weirdly enough, today I was at a party for work. I just started a new job a couple of months ago. I haven't really gotten a chance to meet everyone. I'm sitting down at, at a table chatting, and, you know, we're talking, oh, so where are you from? Where'd you go? And I said, no, no, I, I actually went to school at the University of Miami. I, like, I went to the University of Miami. I couldn't believe it. She must have gone back in the 60s or something like that, but it was just, it was such a small world. I rarely. Like you said, I rarely run into people who actually went to Miami. Most people just like the swagger and, you know, love the attention of, of the the great, you know, news that they've had over the past couple of decades.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I just think of you guys at football school, but you actually have a really good basketball coach. Jim Larraniga is no joke.
0: Oh, the basketball team, They, they I was really disappointed that they didn't get into the tournament last year. They were a much better team.
1: They were. They had Virginia. It took, what, two double overtimes for us to beat you last year. That yeah. that game had me sweating. I was like, what in the world is this? That Angel kid, Angel it was Rodriguez. Angel Rodriguez. My God. I was like, where the hell has he been? What in the world? I mean, I was like on my edge. It's funny. My dad showed up like in the middle of that, and that's when they started playing crappy. I kicked him out of my house. <laughs> but you know what I could do in the house and we played better so I was like no you can't be in here watching this no but
0: you know my wife we we went down to Miami a couple of years ago she had never been to a professional basketball game pro or college and so we were in Miami we were going to the FSU game and it was like while we're there why don't we go check out a basketball game since you've never been she has become a bigger Miami Hurricanes basketball fan than I am nice she has her she's got her boy jakiri 23 on, on the canes who she absolutely loves she's the one who reminds me like by the way they're playing tonight let's even get them on. like she is a huge miami basketball team and yeah i think i think he is building an amazing program down there i think this is going to be a year where you really see them on the map they just won that puerto rico tournament a couple of weeks ago they're ranked 21 last i checked and i think they've only got room to rise
1: yeah, if you guys weren't in the ACC, I think you'd have a bigger national profile. I really do. The problem is you're in the ACC and you're behind, again, the likes of UNC, Duke, Virginia. It's so much fun to put us in that ranking. Um, Syracuse is looking really good. Louisville, of course. Um, Wake Forest is surprisingly good. So we've got like six or seven just excellent teams. You guys are kind of in that kind of middle range going, you know, when is it going to arise? And, and it will. Um, you know, just again, I, I don't care if you guys win just as long as you don't beat Virginia. That's all I care about
0: that's fair. yeah it was it was a lot easier when we were in the big East and we had to pay, you know take on UConn and Rutgers and <laughs> you know schools like that there you mean like eh.
1: Georgetown and Syracuse and Pitt th- those were pretty good teams too
0: they were but you know, eh. we still had a lot, still had a lot of easy games to play in that division
1: yeah, that's true like Virginia Tech oh wait you still have to play them anyway
0: they yeah, forget, yeah. They're,
1: they're about to go into hibernation thank you Jesus oh my gosh <laughs> you have no idea the Hokies man and then they're all like with their Fuentes, like oh so Virginia did get a new um, football coach. I'm super excited about him. Have you heard about him? Have you heard about Bronco Mendenhall? Have you heard I, about him?
0: Other <gasps> than other than what I see on your Facebook and Twitter <laughs> wall, I probably wouldn't have known that news. But I get your stuff, so I definitely know about it.
1: <laughs> I love him so much. Ten winning seasons at BYU. Tremendous, great integrity, and I just he's just he was he was on the press conference today, and the audio unfortunately was really bad. So I, could, I had to like literally lean into my laptop to try to hear what was saying. But he brought in his, um, his, his kids and his wife and he said, you're not just getting a football coach, you're getting a family. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you so, so much. And he talked about, you know, he goes, this is not a and or or situation. This is just an and. We can be an academic institution and have an amazing football team. I'm like, he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. Be warned, ACC. Be warned. I I think the Coastal this year is going to be so much interesting. I think Mark Rick in Miami, he's exactly what you guys need. You were like, you know, Ramon, I need you to sell me on him. And I was like, I don't want to sell anybody on him because I'm mad that we didn't get him. (laughs) Well, now I'm not mad. I'm like, good. You guys take him. I have Bronco. I'm perfectly okay. Because no one knew he was on the radar. Here's why it was so exciting nobody and if you look at any Google search like when they were talking about coaching you know, coaches that maybe moved to Virginia nobody had Bronco for any kind of position and it happened so quickly and it was so incognito and he talked about that during the press conference like he goes one of the best things about this is we kept this so quiet like nobody knew like at 523 p.m. what was it um, Friday night I'm in the middle of Bush Gardens in Williamsburg at Christmas town about to watch freaking ice dancing with my family when I get like the alert Going bubble. and I was like, shut the front door. And so my husband and I, <laughs> and my mom is there with us. She's like, put your phone away. I'm like, but it's Bronco Mendenhall. She's like, I don't care. I'm like, but 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 something like a mill theme park trying to like get news and updates on this and I'm just going yeah that that's when you know you're crazy gals and palaces when you're in freaking bush gardens and you're on your phone with getting any kind of details you can so I'm super excited he brings a great defensive mind um, but he understands that we need points too and that's that's the key so I'm really excited for the Coastal and I am excited for Virginia Tech I guess that they got Mark Fuentes or Fuente yeah. or whatever his name yeah. is I don't yeah. care really yeah. Blacksburg is a cesspool it just ugh, it's a terrible place
0: yeah, I, I there's very few schools that I actually I, – I don't – I really don't waste my time passionately hating on many programs in my life. Oh, uh, I do. Oh, I do. No, I, I know you do. But <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have enough room in my, lo- in my world to hate on that many people, but I, I do have to hate on – there's like five institutions Ooh, that when you bring them up – I, I Let's share. Let's um, share
1: these. Oh, I like to hear these.
0: Well, since you brought it up, Virginia Tech just never liked them. Whenever they came down to Miami to play against us, they just – they were not – I, I didn't like their fans. Their I don't like fans Game are, the worst. I, 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 are the worst. They are the worst.
1: They are the worst. Have you ever heard their key play thing? They ring their keys like on third down plays when they're on defense. Key play and then jingle their keys. Key play. Doo, 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 doo. I wonder how many keys because they're not smart enough to get like if see if, if Virginia did key play. I would have a set of what I call stadium keys, which would be keys that you know you just buy dummy keys, and that way if I lost them, it wouldn't be a big deal. But these people are stupid and they use their real keys.
0: Oh, I'm sure they do.
1: Because that's, uh-huh.
0: That's Virginia Tech. Yeah, That's
1: Virginia Tech. Exactly. All right. What's your next one? This is a fun game.
0: So let's stick with college, University of Florida. You that know, goes th- without that's saying. A Miami, that's, that's a Miami, that's a Miami Gators thing.
1: That's thing. a rival thing. My, sta- my um, grandfather went to the University of Florida for both undergrad and law school. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got. You're like, nothing. Did it nothing. pain you when you guys signed Tim Tebow then?
0: Uh that was I I was so angry as a Miami fan and as a Jets fan that we were signing on to that stupid circus. I'm just uh I never understood the decision. I hated it. I don't like him. I don't care who he is. I just didn't like him. And yeah, you know, but that's because of my my own deep seated hatreds. Um right, so that's I've number not,
1: two. So it's University of Florida and Virginia Tech
0: I Penn State. This ranks up there for me penn state was another school they used to travel big time when they would come to miami when we were still playing them as often as we did uh between that and everything that went on with the sandusky like i just there's just something about we are penn state that just drives me crazy um and so i don't like them was this Uh,
1: before um everything with sandusky happened
0: yeah, I, I mean, I went to school in between 99 and 2003, so we we played them a few times then, and you know, I just I wasn't a fan of of them at that time. And when the Sandusky thing happened, I was just like, oh, good, um, not good for those kids. I was awful, but I was just I just I wasn't upset that their image was tarnished any further. I actually
1: um, Virginia interviewed when they were interviewing Al Grohl. they were interviewing um, Sandusky also for the job, and the reason he didn't get selected was he spent too much time on his charity.
0: Wow! I know
1: we bit, we dodged a bullet there. Ooh,
0: yeah, you did big
1: time because I would have been like devastated. I would have been devastated. Okay, so that's three. Well, there were uh,
0: two. I am well actually I, I might have to add a six because I really can't stand Ohio State. Um, wow, mostly just because of the the Ohio State Ew. University and the plus oh, wait. what happened to I. us me. What happened to us in the Fiesta Bowl in two thousand and three was in uh, two thousand two was an absolute travesty and. Oh, uh, you uh, don't you know, really. So
1: to, you don't really care for sweater vests, do you?
0: I'm not a big. Well, yeah, between that and Rex Ryan, now I can do without sweater vest people. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, number five, my my absolute most hated college rivalry, FSU.
1: I don't blame you. I do not blame you. To. Yes, of course. It's, it's in-state rival. It's You have to hate your in-state rival. I'm sorry. This whole, like, I, you know, I remember, oh my, so I overheard when I was at the Virginia game, we were in the parking lot. We had put our cooler away and we were going to go to the game. And I heard this girl go, well, I want Virginia to win, but if they don't, then it's okay because it's Frank Beamer's last regular season game. And that's okay because he deserves a win. I'm like, no, he does not. He's the antichrist. The rival team's coach. Should be the most hated man on the planet for you. You know, sports needs bad guys, folks. Sports needs bad guys, and if you don't have any, then it's just not as much fun. Trust me, it's way more fun when you hate the other team.
0: Well, way and more so fun. when, when so when Jameis Winston was coming up into the draft, and there were talks about with the Jets trade up to get him, I was like, no, stay away from him. Awful human being. If you know, there's a funny thing. Miami always had a bad rap for bad boys and kids getting arrested and things like that, and yet in the last decade, like. More players, the number one school for arrest for college athletes in the state of Florida, Florida State.
1: Yeah, classless. Have you seen the documentary um, from CNN about his re- uh, accuser?
0: No, I, I don't need to watch anything about him.
1: It was, um, <laughs> it was pretty, it was very convincing. I don't want to put any kind of bias on it. I feel like everybody should watch it um, because it's again, it's an epidemic in the country, and and I have interesting feelings on it because again, the Rolling Stone article last year that everybody was like, oh Virginia, and a lot, and I'm like, wait a minute, and you know, it was bad journalism and all. But to hear her story and to hear how poised and elegant she was, I'm like, there's just no way she made this up. It just it just felt, it feels slimy to me.
0: It's too easy to believe that that entire state would cover it up. It's just too easy to believe that they would do that, that I have no problem believing it.
1: Yeah, it just, it was really, it just, it just, well, and just the thats the evidence. I mean, the DNA evidence matched him. They didn't um, interview him. And then, like, the police officer, I guess, who um, what, graduated from FSU, I mean, so many things so many things damning towards that you know so it's just it I, I encourage everybody CNN did a um, I forget exactly what it's called um, but it is an excellent documentary series um, about that and, and I think it's important you know I love college athletics I actually love college athletics more than I love professional athletics I feel like the fans are better I feel like the you know the intensity and the love of it is so much better but with that comes a price and the price is, is that at least a professional. For the most part, it's a pay to play system. You pay a certain price, you get access, but you don't get like ownership access. You don't get access to make decisions unless you're the owner of the team. It's it's actually a better system with college, with the boosters and everything else. And Miami has had to deal with their their fair share of, of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Nevin Shapiro. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> you know, That's just one of many for you guys. So it, it's tricky because of the fact that the access is who can donate the most money and is it always in the best interest of the university? Because the best interest of the university is actually supposed to be to educate young people, where's the place of sports? And for now, I mean, guys, I mean, it's here to stay. I feel like, I mean, it produces way too much money, but you got to wonder when, you know, what was it? I read somewhere like I think it was like UConn's coach back when Jim Calhoun was still the coach that he was the number one paid public employee of the state of Connecticut. And uh, that to- was
0: yeah, that was the case, I think, in New Jersey, too, when Shiano was playing that. I think he was the highest paid uh, employee in the state of New Jersey for a while there.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if you look like Frank Beamer or right now, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is getting three point two five million per year from Virginia for five years.
0: And that's well, a lot
1: of money. <laughs>
0: well, but but everything is inflated. I mean, when you look at NFL players and the contracts that they're getting and what the ticket prices look like and what it costs to attend a game, I mean, it's just it, it all but the costs are the, out of control. But here's
1: the difference. It costs a certain amount to pay, play the game. That's a business. We're talking about an education system. It's really hard for me sometimes as a fan, to keep that balance, because I am a fanatic about UVA. You've seen this on Facebook. You've seen this on Twitter. You've seen it. I mean, I willingly go to bad football games. That's how much I love them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm already saving for ACC tournament. I'm already saving for NCAA regional. I'm already saving for those events and going. I need to find all this vacation time wherever I can. <laughs> you know, I just need to be independently wealthy. But tell you, that's my dream, Matthew, is to be independently wealthy so I can just go to whatever sporting events I want to. Because there's so be- many good ones.
0: Yeah, I would. I would love to be in a spot where I could just have season tickets to the Jets and the Hurricanes and go back and forth and see all the games. And one thing I will say that to your point is, you know, my wife didn't go to a rah-rah school. Was you know kind of an Eagles fan, but really more of a Phillies fan. When I really started showing her, you know, we took her to Jets games and she saw, you know, Jets games are fun and some of the fans are obnoxious and stupid and you know feel entitled to the team even though they really have no loyalty to them other than living in the vicinity. There is such a different intensity and passion when you attend a college football game, especially if it's your college. It is your school. You bear those colors. You have that degree. You you really do feel a different type of ownership with the team when you talk about college sports versus professional sports. And I was so glad that I chose uh, Miami when it came to picking a college because I, I really was able to understand and appreciate that now I know a lot of folks they have that in high school and so by the time they get to college like yeah yeah that's old hat I don't really care but for someone who didn't have that it was such an amazing feeling and to feel that that sense of extra pride every time they win it's just something different than even when the Jets win
1: oh I had it in high school I wanted it in college too absolutely <laughs> no yeah I always knew I wanted to go to UVA always it was always the school I wanted to go to it's just I fell in love with it when I was like 12 And that was it. It was just, there was no other place that I wanted to go. And it's funny, outside of college, uh, high school, I actually went to another school, a smaller school, and didn't like it as much. It just didn't feel right. And so I actually took a break and I went back to UVA as an adult, um, which is an interesting story, but I had to do all the stuff. And, you know, trust me, I'm still paying the student loan debt and that giant (laughs) diploma because Virginia's diplomas, they're ridiculously large. I had to get it custom framed when I finally got it. Um, wow. it was not cheap um, it was worth it it's hanging in my office and it's beautiful I love it very much it's very shiny and, and large and has Thomas Jefferson's face on it that's always fun uh, but, yeah no and I completely agree with you um, in fact my, one of my undergraduate my, uh, we had to do a capstone to finish my degree and it was on you know how secular universities in this country universities without a religious identity actually utilize athletics as a religious type of identity and University of Miami is actually one of the schools I studied Oh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, and it was back when Nevin Shapiro was doing all of his nonsense. So, uh, it's funny, I was just finishing up my paper when the um, Penn State scandal broke. And I was like, oh my God, I want to include it. They're like, no, you cannot delay your research. I'm like, but, 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 this proves my point. They're like, no. So, I was allowed to put an appendix in there, but I wasn't allowed to include any of that status. But, you know, there's a great, if if you really want to know how nuts this can get, there's an excellent documentary um, that streams on Netflix right now called Happy Valley. And it shows the entire like the um, release of the Sandusky, you know, investigation and when he was arrested. And I remember because I was home watching this all that week and I just couldn't stop watching because I was studying it at the time. And I just I remember Colin Cowherd crying. I remember, you know, because you just like you couldn't believe this was happening at all. I mean, it's the worst case scenario of what happens when we put sport above anything else. When we put winning and we put tradition above anything else. It's absolutely the worst example. Um, But it's a fascinating thing to watch. To watch people, students that were there talking about how it affected them. Fans and boosters. And and I really encourage anybody, if you're interested in that, watch it. It's a very well done documentary. And I thought it was very fair to Penn State and to the victims. So I I thought it was very... Interesting. So, yeah, it
0: is. It is. It is. It does show the one danger, and I think you sort of allude to this that you know there were people who said it doesn't matter. You know what, Paterno saw or didn't see? He was a great coach. It's like, no, we're talking about child molestation and child rape. It mattered, and sometimes we do have to say sports are not the most important thing in the world. You know. Human life is still the most important thing in the world. And, you know, we're seeing that today with the NFL where, you know, people get upset with the, the Ray Rice's and the Adrian Peterson's and the Greg Hardy's of the world. But then you have a lot of other people who say, doesn't matter. He plays a good game. It's like it has to matter. You can love sports. You can, you know, be proud of your team. You can defend them at all costs. But you also have to accept the fact that when something like that is done and it's wrong, you have to say, OK, look, I love Penn State. They were doing something awfully wrong. I'm going to support them as they fix this and clean house. But you can't keep defending a guy like Paterno just because he was there for so long and won for you. He was covering this up for a decade. And, and the city and the state, you know, there were, there were all sorts of nasty things going on in that area where they were letting this happen because they didn't want to scar the team. And that's just, you know, there, there are certain things that do come above sports. I know not for Ramona, but for most people, there are a few things that go above sports. And yeah, just. Just that cult fanaticism, you know, it has to have a little bit of a limit.
1: I would hope that in that situation that would come above. Um, you know, it's funny, I'm, I make jokes like, you know, which child do I need to sacrifice in order for UVA to win? I mean, people think I, I'm oh, serious. Oh, understandable. People think oh, I'm absolutely. serious, but I'm going, <laughs> look, don't test me. I mean, you know, I like last year, I, I've talked about this when Michigan State not to out of the NCAA championship, I cried. I cried like a little girl, and I couldn't watch basketball. I really grieved because when you are so invested in a team and a team that that does so well, it's almost worse. Like people are like, "Oh, you're so lucky," because you know your teams are doing really well. I'm like sometimes that's not a good thing. You know, it's stressful and it can cause anxiety and it can cause all kinds of different things. That's why I had a psychologist on a couple weeks ago to go through this with me. I did. That's
0: fascinating. I remember back uh, younger when I was really passionate about hockey and I was watching the Rangers. I remember in 1993, feeling I was a child, but feeling overwhelming sense of disappointment. When the Rangers couldn't win and they, you know, they couldn't make it to the playoffs or they couldn't make it to the sound,, Cup, like, I just remember feeling like betrayed by my team thinking, how could they do that? How could they let us down? And it's just funny to look back and, and think about that and realize you know, how, how strong of a sensation sports can bring about in all of us. I, I, and based on what I see at the Jets games, I mean, there are people doing some horrific, horrific things at sporting events. And I, I, I like it sometimes sometimes I wish I didn't go to the games because I just see some awful people saying some awful things to each other. It's still just a game, folks. It's still it's not real life. You know, there's still other people out there. Treat them well.
1: Unless they're Patriots fans, and then mock them because they lost to a really bad
0: Eagles team yesterday. Well, yeah, no, that's fine. That's always <laughs>
1: fine. <laughs> Matthew, Gap Foundation wants to follow you, learn more about your podcast. Where should they go?
0: Uh, very easily at Matthew Passy. Well, not that easy because Matthew with one T, M-A-T-H-E-W-P-A-S-S-Y, MatthewPassy.com. Take you to my production site, list all the podcasts, pot up podcast, Hillary Barsky show, and you know, tweeting uh, angrily with Ramona Rice about the Eagles and the Jets.
1: Yeah. You, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no tweeting angrily. <laughs> I don't tweet well. angrily, do I?
0: I've been on Periscope a lot lately. I don't
1: know if you've seen me on Periscope. I've been doing a ton of Periscopes lately. Um, I've had some very interesting comments. I was compared tonight. I went on before I came on with you. I was compared to some chick on some show with Shamar Moore on CBS. Um, So hopefully this girl is attractive. And then um, someone asked me if I like smelly feet. Oh, really? Like, it's so random. It's better than some of the other stuff people called me or asked me. So, you know, just because, again, just because it's a Periscope doesn't mean you get to call me names, folks. I will block you. So just know. Play nice.
0: Yeah, people. Be nice. Like, it's one thing to razz on somebody and to, you know, have a little fun and make fun of their team. But don't make it personal. Don't yeah. attack people. Don't... Just grow up.
1: That's right. And don't call me a bitch. Or I will be. And you won't like it.
0: No, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't.
1: <laughs> see? See? This is what happens when you have friends in the show. And again, it is Matthew Passy. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. All the links um, to him and his shows will be on my show notes at blogtalkradio.com forward slash sports galpaw. And a reminder, galpa Nation, iTunes reviews are welcomed. And we love them so, so very, very much. You should review the show if you listen on iTunes or Stitcher or any of the other quality podcast apps out there. There are plenty to choose from. So leave a nice review. Five stars if you really love me and you do. You know you do because I'm adorable and I'm really fun and it keeps me motivated to do the podcast. No, that's not kidding. I'm not abandoning you Galplanation. You're stuck with me for as long as Pod Vader will let me do this podcast. And considering that i was really mean to him on his own podcast last night i don't think he's getting rid of me anytime soon so no, he's not <laughs> no i think he likes me a whole bunch anyway
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but again you guys can um tweet me at ramona uh, at ramona listen to me listen to me i'm all for your it's at sports gal pal on twitter you can find me on facebook and again matthew thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it
0: oh it's my pleasure great show you have here, ramona Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal podcast and be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.